Well, welcome, gathering family, officially to the new locale. Welcome everyone watching online. I know we got people watching online. And some person, one lady that watches online every week from California, she made the trip out here. Where you at, girl? Come on, where you at? Raise your hand. She's like, I watch you every week, and now you get to be here. She, she took me serious when I said, remember, to those people who, I said, if you're able to get to church, get your butt to church. You have kind of an excuse, but, but you still got your butt to church today, so that's awesome. Give God praise in this place. So, after moving to Arizona about nine years ago, my wife, who was a stay-at-home mom of four children, my wife and the kids, they joined a, a homeschool co-op, and they had this, um, this cool hike of these white tank mountains that we heard about, right? That was brand new to us, and so they went on this hike, and it was, it was more than a hike. It was an opportunity to, to make some new connections and have some you know, new, new friendships, see some new sights, and so they're on this hike, and my youngest son, Levi, who's got the uh, bladder of like a goldfish, <laughs> as they're moving up the mountain, he says, I go to the bathroom. He had to relieve himself. And I don't know about you, but we raised our kids redneck. Can I get an amen? Oh, come on, give me an amen. I know you're a redneck. You might be a retinal. No, I won't go to that. But so... You know, if you're redneck, you know, there might not be a bathroom around, but there's always a bathroom around, if you know what I'm saying. And so his older brother, Levi's older brother, Gavin, says, um, Levi, don't wander off the path. Well, he wandered off the path, and he found a cactus to water. So he's watering the cactus, being a good Samaritan, and he got hooked. Yeah, so that's a jumping Choya cactus, and they have these sharp um, spines, and the spines have jagged hooks in them called glochidia. And I'm not kidding you, it stepped, it, it lodged right into his right calf. The, the hike, the new hike, all the new sights was over. He had to be carried down the mountain. Levi got hooked. We're in week two of our series we're calling New. And I think. There's this newness that God wants us to step into, but a lot of us, we can't step into the newness because, like Levi, we're hooked. Now, your hook might not be a cactus, but it might be your status. It might be, um, I don't know, maybe a past hurt. Maybe it's a person. For a lot of us, our hook is fear. That keeps us from stepping into the place God wants us to step into because we're so afraid. We're hooked by fear. For some of us, it's a substance. For some of us, it's, it's comfort. Others, it's complacency. And for some, it's just the idea that, you know what? God can't use me because of what I did. And we're hooked. So the title of this message today is Hooked. What's your hook? What is it? You don't have to shout it out. But what's your hook? What's hooking you? In Luke chapter 5, we're going to get God's word today. We're going to see a guy named Peter who was hooked by his career. He was hooked by his career. He was a fisherman. And the irony is, is that he got made a living at hooking fish. And yet it was Peter himself who was hooked by fishing. Y'all ready to get into God's word today? Let's give God a shout of praise. Give God, come on, come on, give us some. Yes! All right. 
Luke chapter five, verse one. We're gonna see how Jesus is going to unhook Peter. And, and let's be honest, let's apply this to us today. There's some, some of us that need unhooked today. Luke chapter five, verse one. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. Now, I, I have to tell you, that's the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is known in the Bible as four different uh, names. The Sea of Galilee, uh, Lake Gennesaret, Lake uh, Sea of Tiberias, and in the Old Testament, Sea of Chinnereth. So that's all one thing. It's all the Sea of Galilee. It's, the, uh, it's not a sea, by the way. It's, a, it's the largest freshwater lake in Israel, 13 miles wide, uh, 13 miles long, seven miles wide. And, um, but don't get confused. It's the same thing we're talking about, the Sea of Galilee. So there he says, um, he's by the Sea of Galilee. The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. Now, here again, Simon, he has, that's his Hebrew name. He's also known as Cephas, that's his Aramaic name, and uh, Peter, which is his Greek name. We'll talk more about how he got multiple names here in a second. So, he gets in the boat belonging to Simon and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll I'll let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat, that's James and John, to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. How many know that God can use sinful people? God can use people who make mistakes, amen? Set someone free today. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Lord, thank you for that mind picture of what it means to be unhooked, to be set free, to step into the new calling, the new place, the new endeavor that you have for us. God, help us be unhooked today so that we can live a life that truly matters. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, here we go. So um, truth number one from God's word. And by the way, all the truths that I'm talking about are from God. You don't want my opinion, okay? That's not worth anything. This is from God's word. Sometimes you've got to step out to step in. I'm gonna say it again, because I know for some of you, you're still chewing on your donut. Sometimes you got to step out to step in. Now, I'm not talking about stepping out of something that God puts you in, okay? I'm talking about maybe st- stepping out of sin, but hang on. There's more to it than that. That's the easy one to spot. The more elusive thing that you may have to step out to step in is something that maybe God gave you for a season. Did you know that milk is not the only thing that expires? Sometimes there's a blessing from God or a season from God that, that, that has an expiration date on it. 
You know, maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a job God gave you. And you're like, I really like my job. And God said, yeah, but that was for this season. And he wants you to step out of that job to step into something even greater. Greater doesn't mean bigger. Doesn't necessarily mean more pay, although it could. But we step out to step into a new blessing, but you're too busy holding on to the blessing that was yesterday's blessing, right? So we have to step out sometimes to step in. Let me explain this more. So Luke 5, is. this was not the first time that that God, or that Jesus called Peter and Andrew, his brother. If you go back to uh, Matthew 4 or Mark 1, that was the first time Jesus went, right? And, 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 but there was a difference. In those, in those cases, what was different? The difference was Peter was in the boat. Here in Luke 5, Peter's outside of the boat. The boat is empty, for some of you, you feel like I can relate to Peter because I feel like my boat is empty. Now, the boat wasn't the only thing that was empty. What else was empty? Peter. Why? Why was he empty? Because he had spent the previous night fishing and he failed. You know how sometimes God uses failure in our life to empty out that which should not be there or extract something that, that he doesn't want in there? Failure is not always a bad thing. And so the difference is, this time Jesus shows up and the boat's empty, Peter's empty, and he says, okay, I think I can, I think I can fill that boat. Good news, God fills empty boats. If your boat is empty today, God fills. Put a smile on your face. This is the good news of Christ, man. This is the gospel. Like God fills empty boats. Verse three, he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. And here's the irony, is that, that Jesus got into Peter's boat to get the boat out of Peter. You follow me? Like there was something in there that God wanted to get out, and so he got into his boat to extract something from him. Friends, is your boat full? And I'm asking that of myself this week. I'm like, is, is my boat full? Is there room for Jesus? Do you have room for Jesus in your boat? You know, we're so enamored by this, the, the things of this world, right? Um, did you hear about Omicron? Yes, I've heard too much about Omicron. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't matter. I'm not saying it's not important. But like, we are so enamored by Omicron. You know, Omicron is the 15th letter of the Greek alphabet. Let me tell you about the last letter of the Greek alphabet. Omega. Omega. The last. In Revelation 22, God said, I am the beginning and the end, the first and the last. We ought to not be so enamored by Omicron and begin to worship the Omega. How about we, how about we start there, huh? Oh, but Pastor John, did you hear about the economy? Well, I heard about eschatology. Revelation 21, I know how the story ends and we win. The economy may be jacked, but like our, 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 our fate is sealed. Or did you hear about foreign policy? No, I heard about Christology. I heard about John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus said. That's how we get to heaven, right? Like what, what is hooking you? And sometimes it's self-induced hook. Like we, we get so enamored by the world and the things of the world. And here's what I'm trying to say. What gets your attention gets you. What gets your attention gets you. It hooks you. 
That's why I, I share this from time to time. Uh, some of you have been at the gathering, you'll, you hear this. The five by five principle. And simply put, if it won't matter in five years, don't spend more than five minutes worrying about it. Don't waste your time. You have more important things to think about. Don't let something hook you. You see, I think if we're honest, I think we, I think we empty pieces of ourselves. Like I remember uh, when God was calling me to, I was a school teacher. I was a health teacher, right? And, and I loved my job, you know? I, I, I didn't want to leave that job. I had three good reasons never to leave teaching. June, July, August. <laughs> no, but I, I really liked the job. But like, we were doing this, this music ministry, this traveling ministry on the side. And, and God whispered to me, said, go full time. So I wrestled with God, you know, for a few weeks. I mean, I didn't just obey. I'm not like Johnny Saint up here. You know, I didn't like just, it took me a while. I wrestled with God and tried to create reasons why God was wrong and I was right and all that stuff, you know. Well, I lost and I finally had to go to my wife who, she was a stay-at-home mom. Uh, we just had our first kid, uh, uh, Gavin. Thank you. He's back there. I got so many kids sometimes I can't remember who's, what order they're in. Be fruitful and multiply. Uh, but no, so I, I go and and. You know, it, it was it was a. I'll never forget sitting in the in the uh, our living room there in uh, Lima, Ohio. Hey, sweetheart. Um, <clears throat> so uh, God's calling me to quit teaching and do the music ministry, the the ministry full time. Wait, what? <laughs> you know, it, it was not a great conversation. And then I remember her tears coming down her face and you know how the, the chin gets to quivering like you girls do when you cry, but you know, and if you're a guy, Quinn shivers, that's a whole, we got, we'll talk after service. But like, I remember I thinking, man, I, I'm, I'm letting her down. You know what I'm saying? Like it felt like it felt so wrong, right? I'm letting her down. And all the while God was saying, you got to step out to step in because if I had not stepped out, Y'all, I would be a health teacher in Lima, Ohio. You would never know me. We wouldn't be here. You'd be somewhere else. And God said, I know you're a health teacher, but I want you to be a hope teacher. You're still going to teach, but just in a different way. I had to step out to step in. You know what I think a lot of us struggle with when it comes to stepping out? Is our identity. I mean, that's, that's, that's a biggie, y'all. I mean, the first time that, that Peter met Jesus in John 1.42, you know what he did? You know what Jesus did? The first time he meets Peter, he says, I'm going to change your name. He says in John 1.42, you will be called Cephas, that's Aramaic, or Peter, Petros, that's Greek for rock. He said, you're going to be rock. Rock? You mean, you mean the one that denied Jesus? He's the rock? That should give us all hope. <laughs> that should give me hope. Like, you, you, Peter didn't feel like he was a rock. And I got proof in the text today. Verse eight, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. You can't use me because I got some baggage because I'm messed up. And what he's doing is he's thinking BC, right? BC, we go back to BC. How are you known, Mark, BC, before you met Christ? Actually, you, that's a bad example because you always knew Jesus. He's like, he's like, we always joke about that. He's a squeaky clean Christian. Right, Mears? Okay, you better say yes. But like, we go back, we revert to, to who we once were. And in fact, 
Peter did that. You remember after the resurrection and he denied Jesus, he felt like scum. He felt like he messed up. He felt like a failure. What did he do? Where did Jesus find him? On the same shore, in the same boat with the other disciples, some of the other disciples. And he calls out and he says, Jesus says from the shoreline, friend. He didn't say, failure. You sold me out three times, punk. That's what we would have said. No, he said, friend. Why? Because he still saw greatness in Peter. He still saw him as the rock. Man, we got to let God define our new. Can we do that? Can we commit as a church family to let God define our new? Because here's the thing. If I define the new, we probably wouldn't be here because we mess it up, right? Uh, Okay, let me, uh, okay, the new. What's the new thing for the gathering? Hmm, Shadow Ridge? If I, no, if I qualified it, I'd say it's too far west. If I quantified it, I'd say it doesn't have enough seats. See, but God said, you're on a need-to-know basis. I'm gonna define the new. Sometimes when you're in a new season, God gives you a new name. No, we're not renaming the church. But I'm saying you specifically, you individually. Like, remember when God called Ab- Abraham and Sarah? What did he do? He, he gave him a new name. You know, the, the old name was Abram, which means high father. He gave him a new name because he said, you're going to be father of many nations. So, and so he called him Abraham, which is father of a multitude. Sari was my princess. He changed her name to Sarah, mother of nations. Are you kidding me? He picked someone who was barren and who couldn't have a child to be the mother of nations? How cool is that? Because God defines our new. Or how about Jacob? Jacob means heel grabber. Do you know that? He was the heel grabber because they were twins. Esau came out first. Jacob came on grasping the heel of his brother. So they named him heel grabber. Jacob. God said, no, I got big plans for you, buddy. You're going to need a name change. And he changed it to Israel, having power with God. And, and I guess I'm asking us, like, what, what's, 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 put your name in there. Everyone, put your name in there, okay? Put your name. Cassandra, put your name in there. Put your name in there. And now say, God, what's my new name? Do you think that you're not loved enough? That only Sarah, only Sarah is loved that much that God will give her a new name? Or do you, do, you, Julius, do you feel like you're loved enough that God will give you a new name for a new season? That you matter just as much as, as she does. See, sometimes we look at Bible people and we think they're like so different than us. Like God has a do, new name for you. And you want to know the new name he gave me? You guys want to know? I'm not telling you. Because it's between me and God. I didn't even tell my wife. Okay? It's a new name. But what's your new name? Like God loves you, and he wants to give you, as you step into a new season, you ask him this week when you get alone with God in your prayer time. Say, God, what's my new name? Like, what are you, what are you, who are you calling me? What are you calling me to be? What are you calling me to do? And you, you see if he doesn't answer. Because here's the thing, when we begin to learn who we are as Christ, when we begin to really learn our identity and root our identity in Jesus, we begin to have a a, a kind of confidence, not arrogance, but a confidence in the spirit. And what we do is we begin to risk the ocean. I teach this to our team. We have, it comes from Ecclesiastes 1. Risk the ocean. 
put it up there. Ship your grain across the sea, and after many days, you absolutely will receive a return. No, that's not what it says. You, 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 you may. You see, when you ship your grain, what Solomon was saying there, when you ship your grain across, there's, there's pirates, there's bad weather, storms. That, you may never see your grain again. Or you may get a hundredfold. But you have to learn to step out. You have to learn to risk the ocean. Because if you go back to Matthew 14, this was after Luke 5, right? So Matthew 14, later, there they are in the same boat. They're all the 12 disciples are gathered together. They're in the Sea of Galilee. There's a storm. They see Jesus walking on water. It freaks them out. And what do they do? Well, I can tell you what 11 of them did. 11 of them stayed right in the comfy little boat when one said, I'm gonna step out. His name was Peter, the rock. And you say, well, yeah, but, yeah, but Pastor John, he failed. He stepped out and, and he took his eyes off Jesus. Well, you try it sometime. You try walking on water sometime. But, and, and, and so if you qualify that as failing, okay. But you know what? He failed on the outside of the boat. He got out. Where the others, they missed their opportunity by waiting for comfort and safety. You see, I, I don't know about you, but I want, if I'm gonna fail, and newsflash, you and I will fail. That's part of life. And we get great lessons, great learning from failure. But where do you wanna fail? Do you wanna, do you wanna fail on the inside of the comfy boat or on the outside? When you fall, do you wanna fall forward? Because a great running back always falls forward. That gains more yardage. Like if I fall, I'm going forward. If I fail, I'm failing on the outside of the boat because sometimes you gotta step out to step in. Second truth, newness is built on shallow waters. This is hard. This is a hard truth today. Okay, I'm preaching the word of God, not John's word, not the word you want to hear, not the comfy. Like, we, we, we want newness, right? We want newness. We want to, I, I want to step into to the depths. I want to step into this newness. Well, guess what? You're going to find newness in shallow waters. Everyone wants depth without discipline. <laughs> I had a... Uh, a young church planner that came to me not too long ago. And they said, Pastor John, your, your church is really taking off. And I said, number one, it's not my church. It's God's church. Number one mistake. Okay. Um, but, they, but, you know, we, we were talking about, you know, he wanted to know some questions. He said, you know, we're thinking about starting a church. And I said, hey, stop, stop, stop. It was a real young couple. I said, how's your marriage? The girl looks at the guy and she's like, he's like oh, I mean, you know. I said, don't plan a church. Because before you conquer the depths, you got to conquer your demons, right? And, and God, that's why Jesus said, push out a little. Push out just, just a little. I, I love what uh, Bruce Lee, he wrote, I fear not the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks once, but I fear the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times. You know, I mean, you're looking for, for the, the, the newness out in the depths, out on the horizon. I can see I'm going to step into my calling. Okay, I'm going to take a step. <laughs> Don't take a leap, just take a step. Because sometimes the next thing, the, the new thing is the next thing, right? The new thing that God wants you to do is simply the next thing, the next step. Friends, you want to change your life? Start by changing your thoughts. You want to impact your world? Start by impacting your kids. 
You want to add more time with Jesus? We'll start by deleting that app that consumes your time. Do not pray to God for him to fix something that you are unwilling to delete. You want God to be present in your life? Be present in his. Don't miss church. Make this a priority. Oh, but I got kids stuff. I got stuff. Well, your kids are going to grow up with that value. You know? What matters in your life? Because your presence at a church, it doesn't have to be this church, but at church will, will be instilled in them. And I encourage you, man, to get signed up. We have a, that women's and men's combined study. That's going to be awesome. We have a ton of people signed up already. It's going to be a great study. Don't miss that. I encourage you to get in a, a, a small group. And also, our Celebrate Recovery kicks off on Wednesday. Don't miss that. You want God to be present in your life? Be present in his. And lastly, truth you don't want to hear today is God builds up through letdowns. That's why I should have called this message, Michael. The truth you don't want to hear. <laughs> but we need to hear. Amen? God builds up. God builds up through letdowns. Did you catch it in the text? It's not my opinion. Let's go back to the text. Verse four. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. I know we live in a world of fact checkers. We're so enamored with fact checkers. Fact checkers aren't even right most of the time. You know what I'm saying? But let's, let's, let's do some fact checking. Fishermen, it was a known fact that you do not catch fish during the daytime in the deep. You catch fish in shallow waters at night. Fact number one. But yet, in Luke 5, Peter caught fish. Here's another water fact for you. Fact, seas don't part to allow two million Israelites to cross over, and yet it did for Moses in Exodus 14. Here's another fact for you. Rivers at flood stage don't just stop and allow entry into the promised land, and yet it did for Joshua in Joshua 3. Or here's a real doozy. Fact, axe heads don't float. And yet it floated for Elijah in 2 Kings 6. Stop worrying about facts because sometimes truth isn't necessarily factual. Did you know that? Stop fact-checking and start faith-checking. Let's check our faith. Because to do what God has called us to do and to step into the new season that God is calling us into, it may seem completely dumb. Like, it seemed really dumb. Jesus, we've been out here all night, and even at night in the shallow, we didn't catch anything. You want us to let down the nets? Let down your nets. I love what uh, James... Augie said, he said, God brings men into deep waters not to drown them, but to cleanse them. And, and what does he cleanse us from? Well, one thing is unbelief. But you know what we don't talk about? Is misbelief. Unbelief is like a lack of belief. But misbelief is when we believe the wrong things. God, deal with my misbelief. Like that letdowns are pun it's punishment. God's mad at me. Do you guys do, does anybody else do this? Like, does anybody else uh, extrapolate when like things don't go the way you think they're supposed to go? And, and you begin to like fill in the blanks? Like for instance, last week, 
I preached my heart out. I closed the, a chapter of the gathering, right, with the, over at Vista, and I preached it. And, and you know what happened? I went, my wife and I, we went to a, a restaurant, and while I was waiting for my food, I looked down, and on my nice white tennis shoes, the Jordans that my wife bought me because she knew I wouldn't buy them for myself because they're too expensive. And I looked down there, and there's bird poop <laughs> on my Jordans. Now, he's thinking, that's a, little, that's a small little piece of bird poop, Pastor John. You're right, because the other part was in my head. I didn't want to take a picture of that because that's gross. And I'm, and I'm thinking like, God, is this your wrath from heaven? Did I not preach a good message? Was it that bad? Like, really? You got you to poop on my, my shoe? You know? And he began to extrapolate. Maybe I, maybe, 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 maybe I should, maybe I'm supposed to close the church down. Maybe I'm done. Maybe, maybe the anointing has left me. Does anybody else do that? Yeah, we extrapolate. And, and you know what I think the, the, the message God was trying to tell me? Don't stand under a, a gutter, you moron. <laughs> or maybe it was, it was like he's developing character. Like maybe, or, or perseverance, that James 1 perseverance, right? That, that, that blessed are you when you persecute, when you're persecuted and you persevere under trial. trial. Like maybe that's what, or maybe there was someone in the restaurant that had been hurt by a pastor or by a church, and he knew that I was a pastor of the gathering, and he's watching me to see if, you know, I'm gonna lose my cool on my wife, or, you know, if I'm the same way off stage as I am on. Like, I don't know what God was doing, but I know that letdowns, they're not punishment. Don't let your letdown become a life sentence. Some of us, we were hurt, and, and, and God allowed that. Sometimes it's self-induced, that's on you, but like, Sometimes it's a God-induced, allowed hurt. And by the way, even if it is on you, it's Romans 8, 28. God can still make it all work together, right? That's the grace of God. But like, a lot of times there's this hurt, and we let that hurt define us. We let it dictate our destiny. We let it derail us. And God says, don't let it be a life sentence. It's just, it's just a, a, a lesson I'm teaching you. It's just something I'm bringing you through to get you into the next season. Because check it out in the text. The letdown was part of the new chapter of Peter's story. Verse 10, then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled up their boats on shore, left everything and followed him. Amen is right. Don't put God in a box. Don't put God in a box. Because isn't it interesting that God used the thing that was keeping Peter from his destiny, fishing. He used the thing that was keeping him to capture him. That thing that keeps you, me, all that, I'm gonna fill those nets so full they're gonna break. It's gonna blow your mind. <laughs> what I'm saying is, your letdown oftentimes is a lifeline in disguise change the way you look at letdowns. It's not punishment. It's preparation. Your letdown may be a lifeline sent from God because after that, what happened? It helped him leave everything. He was willing to leave it all because he saw what happens when he let down those nets. What's your everything that, that you need to leave? What's my everything? What does it look like? What's keeping you and I hooked to this world, enslaved to the things of this world? What is it? What's your hook? 
while back, uh, Levi was asking to buy a, a board racer. It's a special kind of bicycle. And it was on Craigslist. And it was about 45 minutes away in Phoenix. And so he arranged a day and a time to get it. And that day was uh, a Sunday. And so after church that day, we load up in the car and headed towards Phoenix. And right as we, we began driving, I said, Levi, I've got a rule, a Craigslist rule. And you guys who have been burnt know what I'm talking about. And that rule is when you leave, you call them to make sure they're there, there and they haven't sold that, right? And so we call, he called several times, several times, no answer. I said, sorry, Levi, I'm not gonna, not gonna be able to get it today. So I ended up going home. So at home, I'm watching the NASCAR race and uh, bring, as if the phones ring like that these days. Bring, see that's old school right there. So he gets a call from the guy and he's like, you gotta come get it because I got someone coming uh, tomorrow if you don't come today, you have to come today. So he tells me that. And I said, sorry, Levi, I'm, uh, I wanna, I'm gonna finish the race. And as soon as I said that and he walks away, I hear God whisper to me, finish the right race. I'm thinking to myself, well, you're telling me that God, you didn't tell him that. So I'm just gonna keep that one in the, in the glove box for a little while, you know what I'm saying? He says it again, finish the right race. How many of you know that hooks, they come in all different shapes and all different sizes? For me that day, my hook was a 65 inch rectangle that lights up and distracts me for long periods of time. That was my hook. God stirred my spirit and I said, okay, we end up going to get the bike. But you know the funny thing is? A few months later, he sold that bike. He sold it. You say, well, that was a waste of time. No, it wasn't a waste of time. Because it was never about a bike. It was always about Levi. Jesus told Peter, from now on, you will fish for motorcycles, for fast cars, for big houses, with stainless steel appliances. And that dishwasher, oh, the dishwasher, they just washed himself. No, that's not what he said. He said, from now on, you will fish for people. My question as we close, what's on the end of your hook? What is it? Because what's on the end of your hook will say everything about your life. My prayer, as we step into a new season, both as a church and as you step into your new season individually, I pray that we would be hooked. Hooked, not on stuff, not on ourself, not in sin, but rather we would be hooked on God's most prized possession, his greatest treasure of all. I pray that we are hooked on God's people. God's people. And friends, look, th that's why people were here for eight hours, setting all this stuff up so that someone, and I know the things doesn't even work all the time, there'll be someone fixing it next week. You know, but like, look, that's why we do what we do because our life is about people, about us, but also about others and what God wants to do in us and through us. May we be hooked on the pursuit of helping people find and follow Jesus. Let's pray.
If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I just want to give you an opportunity. Maybe you're watching online, you don't know Jesus, and you just want to make him your Lord. You want to pray a prayer that would allow you to experience him in a new and real way. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you want to know Jesus, whether you're here today or whether you're watching online, just say, Jesus, I need you. Cry out to him. Say it like you mean it. Jesus, I need you in my life. I can't do it without you. Would you be my God? Would you be my Savior from this day on? Only you can save me, Jesus. I want to be your child. And so I make you my God from this moment forward. I exist for you. Use me to do great things in this life. Thank you, Jesus, for the gift of salvation. In Jesus' name, can we just celebrate those people who made that decision? Come on. Yeah. Amen, 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 amen. And listen, if you did make that decision, uh, we have a free gift for you. Stop at our Connect counter on the way out. There's some free stuff we have for you. Also, if you need prayer, we got our, our, oh, we got, we got our elder president right here. All right. We got the big dog right there. And we got, we got our, all of our, ain't no big dogs in this church. You know that, right? You all got to know. We got to know me for a while. There's no prima donnas, no rock stars in this church. But I do, I do want to honor you for your, uh, your hard work, as, as with all of our elders. It's a great family of God. We're an imperfect family of God, but you know what? We're better together. So if you're going through something, do not go through it alone. Don't walk out that door if you need prayer. Come and receive prayer, and we'll, uh, we'll do life together. Amen? And as you leave today, listen, we've got uh, hot dogs and rock wall and all sorts of stuff to do out there. Make sure, you, uh, make sure you grab something to eat. Hang out for a little while, fellowship. And as you live your life this week, Live a life that is unhooked on the things of this world and hooked on the things that truly matter. Amen? God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you back here next week.